Well, I guess you just have to be prepared to die. Well, what? Cell phones, pay attention. I tell you, you start counting five like a sucker. So now let's go 50 through 26. Starting off number 50, The Clash. Definitely one of the greatest punk bands of all time. And one of the few punk bands to like, in their time, break through and actually become like worldwide famous. Like a lot of punk bands became famous, you know, like years afterwards. But The Clash fucking took off. And rightfully so. Another band with like two lead singers, which I have a soft spot for shit like that. But um, was it Mick Jones and um, Joe Strummer? Two fucking incredible singers. And The Clash's music, I mean, it has such a range. Like, so London Calling is like a typical punk song. But then they have, you know, like Rock the Casbah, Should I Stay or Should I Go? Uh, Was it Police on My Back? Um... Like, just a ton of fucking amazing songs. And one of those bands that, like, you, again, don't realize how many good songs they have until you go through them and realize, like, how many of their songs you uh, you recognize just from movies. Like, movies, especially, like, Judd Apatow, <laughs> Judd Apatow movies, it seems like. Like, he's used Clash songs, like, in everything. Oh, man, such an amazing band. Number 49, Rainbow. So... I talked a little bit about Rainbow in the last episode. Um, so Rainbow was kind of like the spinoff <laughs> band for Richie Blackmore after he um, left Deep Purple. Uh, I mean, really, the legacy with Rainbow is that, the, you know, he discovered Ronnie James Dio, a.k.a. God. <laughs> and, yeah, I mean, Rainbow's music is basically like if Dungeons & Dragons was a band, it would be Rainbow. <laughs> Like all their songs are about like swords and dragons and like wizards and shit, um, which I'm a huge fan of, anyways, because I'm weird as shit. But yeah, Rainbow is an incredible band. Man on the Silver Mountain, like all those songs are just fucking amazing. Number forty-eight, Foo Fighters, another spinoff band. <laughs> this time the spinoff for Nirvana. Uh, Dave Grohl really like legitimately seems like one of the nicest people on the planet (laughs) i mean i've never met him never got the privilege to talk to him but he definitely seems like a super fucking cool dude and the foo fighters another band that's just song after song after song like every single song that they have is amazing and one of the few bands that like has been able to continuously make amazing music throughout multiple decades like whether you go back from like the beginning with like this is a call like that's one of like their first like big songs i can think of all the way up until like just a couple years ago like the foo fighters continuously make amazing music 
All right, number 47, ELO, the Electric Light Orchestra, a.k.a. Jeff Lynn's Electric Light Orchestra. Um, like, I have, like, a weird fascination with classical music, and it's never been able to be, like, incorporated into rock except for ELO. Like, the Electric Light Orchestra, which really has become a lot more famous because of guardians of the galaxy. Like their songs have been used in, I think both of them, like Mr. Blue, Mr. Blue sky. Like, I mean, their songs are just incredible. And Jeff Lynn has like this super cool, like, I mean, the music does verge on like disco. Like it has a very disco sound to it. Um, but his voice is just so fucking, it's like a pretty voice, which I normally, I like, like, kind of not heavy voices but like you know kind of those like typical like rock voices like Dio and Robert Plant like I like shit like that but the way Jeff Lynn sings like with this falsetto is incredible uh, and also another band that's just song after song after song number 46 uh, William Joel <laughs> aka Billy Joel uh, another fucking genius and highly overlooked as a uh, pianist. Pianist? I don't know however you really are supposed to say it, but he is an amazing piano player. And, like, okay, so Billy Joel is a little odd because, so obviously he's married. I don't know if they're still married, but he was married to Christy Brinkley, which I'm pretty sure they're still married. But there is a noticeable shift in the quality of his music <laughs> pre- Christy Brinkley and post Christy Brinkley. <laughs> the pre Christy Brinkley, it's all like, you know, Piano Man, Captain Jack, like these like sad fucking New York, um, like coffee house songs. And then as soon as he married way out of his league to Christy Brinkley, every song became like Uptown Girl, We Didn't Start the Fire, like these like cheesy ass pop songs. <laughs> <laughs> which I mean I don't blame him like how the fuck what's how's he gonna write sad music when he's married to like one of the hottest women on the planet <laughs> man it's hard to sing the blues when you got a million dollars and even harder when you're married well out of your league <laughs> alright number 45 the beastie boys it was a little tough to put like the beastie boys on here because like, I was trying to avoid it being, like, a rap list, even though like I have a huge, like, I'm a huge fan of, like, especially, like, 90s hip-hop, and not, especially, like, hip-hop groups, like, Wu-Tang, Public Enemy, you know, shit like that, Black Star. Um, the reason that I, like, differentiate the Beastie Boys <clears throat> is because in a lot of their songs, they do play, like, live instruments, and the songs are more of a rock sound like punk rock than it is rap or hip hop. So like gratitude, sabotage, like those songs are not rap songs at all. Like they're hard, like hard, fast paced fucking punk songs. And in those songs, they're actually playing the instruments. So like I can comfortably say that Beastie Boys is a rock band as much as it is a hip hop group. Um, 
yeah, I mean, especially those like those two songs specifically are what does it. Gratitude especially is such an incredible song. Um, but yeah, 45, Beastie Boys. Number 44, hands down the weirdest band of all time, uh, Primus. <laughs> like, Primus's music makes you so goddamn uncomfortable. <laughs> but I love it. Like, especially... I mean, it's it's everything. It's like Les Claypool's voice. None of the songs really make sense, like in a you know typical way. Like everything is like notes that aren't supposed to be there, sounds that you shouldn't be using in a song. Like listen to like they have songs like "The Air Is Getting Slippery," <laughs> which makes you super fucking uncomfortable. It's like a bad ecstasy trip. Is like what Promises music is. Um, but man, they're so good. Especially like, like Jerry was a race car driver. If you haven't heard that song, highly suggest it. Um, I mean, really everything Promise has done is really incredible, including the South Park soundtrack. Or well, not soundtrack, but the uh, theme song. <laughs> All right, number forty-three, Mr. Robert Zimmerman, aka Bob Dylan. Um, yeah, man, Bob Dylan. Like you can't not have Bob Dylan. Like I. I know that in a typical list, Bob Dylan should be, you know, like in the top five. And I am a huge Bob Dylan fan, but not like to that extreme. Although I do, I mean, Bob Dylan has amazing songs. Like, and one of the few people that you can, like, who's a musician who you can call a poet. Um, I mean, fuck, he didn't, he, he just won like the, or not just one, but a couple of years ago, won the Nobel prize for either poetry or literature. I think poetry. Um, yeah. And deservedly. So he's the only rock star who deserves that. Like who actually deserves to be considered a, a legitimate poet. Like, I mean, he basically was a beatnik poet. Like there's no separation between Bob Dylan and like Allen Ginsberg or William Burroughs or Stephen Crane. Like, uh, yeah, like especially I mean, listen to like, um, I mean, Locker Rolling Stones, the obvious one, but um, Shelter from the Storm. There's one that's like Bob Dylan's 144th Nightmare or something like that. Fuck, what's this? Ah, anyway, something like that. Um, 114th Nightmare. Mm, anyways. Or 114th Dream. Shit. No, my memory sucks. But, uh... Yeah, I mean... Bob Dylan... And then what's funny is, like... Like, Bob Dylan performed at... Mar like, you forget how... Long... like Or that these certain things, like, intersect. So, like, Bob Dylan performed at... The March on Washington. Like, before Martin Luther King's I Have a Dream speech... That crowd was listening to Bob Dylan perform... <laughs> it's like I don't know why but in my brain those two things are not on the same timeline like Bob Dylan and Mar like that Martin Luther King speech may as well have been in the 1800s for like as far as like how my brain pictures like history like whenever I found that out I was like what the fuck like Bob Dylan has got to be like 150 years old <laughs> But man, like like the inventor of protest music also. Like there would be no protest music, like no Rage Against the Machine, none of that without Bob Dylan. Alright, number forty two, the boss, Bruce Springsteen. 
man, like it's, I would not be a good American <laughs> without having Bruce Springsteen in the top 50. Uh, yeah, I mean, and it's one of the most underrated backing bands of all time. Like the E Street Band, like it, it's not like a, they're not, it's nothing like flashy, but they're perfect. Like rhythmically, t- like everything about them is perfect. Steven Van Zant, uh, Clement, Clarence Clemens, RIP, uh, Max Weinberg, like all those guys are just like perfect. Like, like the guys who were in like jazz band in school. <laughs> like if, if those guys ended up making it huge, that's who they would be is like the E street band. And also like along the lines of Bob Dylan, but not to the same extent, a poet like Bruce Springsteen's lyrics are incredible. Like I like storytelling in music. Like Billy Joel has it. Like Captain Jack is a story. Bob Dylan's songs, all of them are stories. And Bruce Springsteen's songs, all of them are stories. Whether it's Glory Days, Thunder Road, Born to Run, Rosalita's uh, Rosalita's Eyes, um, the song. Yeah, like all of those songs are. Or Tenth Avenue Freeze Out. Like all those songs are like actual stories. And then. I think one of the greatest movie theme songs of all time is Streets of Philadelphia, which Bruce Springsteen did for the movie Philadelphia in 93. That song is incredible. All right, let's see. 41, everybody's grandma's favorite band, (laughs) Fleetwood Mac. (laughs) Hey, you know, say what you want. Fleetwood Mac is good. Uh, Like, but a cautionary tale don't fuck your bandmates because <laughs> that is what happens you end up in that shit like it was Lindsey Buckingham and Stevie Nicks were together and then uh, Mick Fleetwood and Christy McVeigh I think that's yeah they were like couples and I, it just made a fucking the, it's a miracle that they were able to like push through and keep like coming back I mean, and then Stevie Nicks is, god damn, like, if I could go, (laughs) if I could go back in time and, like, just, you know, get it on with anybody, Stevie Nicks is at the top of that, is damn near at the top of that list. Like, just a, like, a legitimate witch. (laughs) Like, didn't, I mean, she played a witch in something, didn't she fucking... Oh, yeah, and goddamn American Horror Story. She was a witch. And I was like, yeah, that's fucking perfect. Like, she's like the queen of witches. And like, I, did, I I just can't think of it without thinking of, like, the South Park episode where, uh, you know, they uh, the boys send a, like, they do some things for, like, kids in Afghanistan. And the kids in Afghanistan want to be nice and send them a present they send them a goat and they're like what the fuck are we gonna do with a goat so they send it they try to like send it back and they have to go to afghanistan to bring the goat back and they get held hostage by like (laughs) al-qaeda and the the people on the news are like four boys four american boys are being held hostage along with stevie nicks (laughs) landslide yeah like all she does have a very goat-like voice but an amazing voice at the same time. All right, number 40, the Rolling Stones to the 
Nirvana's Beatles, uh, Pearl Jam. Yeah, I. It's, it's hard to, kind of, choose between the two. Ultimately, I did pick. Uh, well, you'll find out. But um, I do put Pearl Jam in second place by Nirvana. But I do think that as far as musicians go, one of the most talented bands of like that '90s era like if you're like going off a straight town like eddie vetter well hands down eddie vetter's the best singer of the 90s like i i mean out of like 90s rock there is no one even close to eddie vetter's voice like his voice is fucking perfect and then you know like an amazing backup band that just nobody like he they get overlooked because of eddie vetter like stone gossard mike mccready like all those guys like get overlooked um and I highly recommend, if anybody hasn't seen it, to watch, um, I think it's called PJ20. Is that what it's called? The, the Pearl Jam documentary that Cameron Crowe did back in, like, I think, like, 2015, 2016, something like that. Uh, really an amazing documentary. And it shows how goddamn crazy Eddie Vedder used to be, like, with his, like, stage climbing. <laughs> if you aren't familiar with that just go like youtube eddie vetter stage climbing and that shit will make your fucking palms sweat <laughs> especially if you're fat and afraid of heights all right number 39 the man in black himself johnny cash um and look people can say whatever the fuck they want that johnny cash is in rocky's country bull shit Johnny Cash is about as rock as it gets. Like, anyway, I mean, yeah, like, I can understand that people want to say that he's country just because rock music is not, like, rock music today is not the rock music of the 50s. Like, like compare him to Elvis, and he makes Elvis look like a bitch. And Elvis's music, I would not say, is rock. It's way more pop. Like, Johnny Cash's music is about killing people and drugs. That's about... That's like two thirds of what rock songs are about. <laughs> like, just add sex in, and that's the trifecta for rock music. I mean, and to wear all black, come on now. Like, that's that is as rock as it gets. Like, he's one of the people that, if I could go back in time and just hang out with for a day, I would probably pick him over any single musician on this list. Like, I, like, Johnny Cash just seemed like such a badass. And, of course, when you walk, walk the line, you're like, God damn, Johnny Cash was incredible. And batshit crazy. <laughs> I mean, a lot of that could have to do with uh, Joaquin Phoenix also being batshit crazy. But, I mean, that movie is, um, is it's the greatest, you know, rock biopic of all time for sure. But, I mean, just like whenever you read about the shit that Johnny Cash did, He's like, this man is... Like, they could make 10 movies about this dude. Like, this story, which I, don't, I mean, most people I don't think know about it, but he, you know, lived on this ranch and had ostriches. And one day he was walking down, like, one of the dirt roads, like, in his ranch. And this ostrich kind of, like, walked onto the path in front of him and was, like, kicking its feet back, which is, like, a, you know, a sign of, like, a warning, like, get the fuck away from me. Um... And Johnny Cash grabbed this, like, big-ass stick and was, like, hitting it on the ground saying, you know, like, fuck off. Uh, I'm Johnny Cash. <laughs> I don't think he actually said that, but he might have. 
And then the ostrich kind of charged him and he just cracked this ostrich on the neck with this big ass stick. Well, the ostrich turned around and kicked him. And Johnny Cash said he felt something like warm and he like grabbed his stomach and looked down and he was holding his intestines in his hand. <laughs> and he, you know, lived in this ranch kind of in the middle of nowhere. So he got in his pickup truck holding. So meantime, the whole time he's holding his intestines into his stomach while he's driving 30 miles to the hospital, they sew him up and shit. And this is the most Johnny Cash thing ever. They told him that had he have not been wearing like a giant belt buckle, <laughs> the kick would have went all the way across and he would have died. Like there'd been no way he would have been able to hold him in. But his like belt buckle stopped him from dying. <laughs> Johnny Cash. All right. Number 38. The band from down under ACDC. Uh, another band that a lot of people unjustly shit on. And I honestly am not even including like Brian Johnson ACDC on this list. I'm strictly going off of Bon Scott ACDC. Like Bon Scott, obviously, you know, the original singer of ACDC. Like that, those albums, like Highway to Hell, High Voltage, Let the Be Rock, um, Dirty Deeds, those albums are so much better than the Brian Johnson like back I mean Back in Black is one of the highest selling albums of all time and it's not like a bad album but it's not like I I ignore all of that shit whenever I think of ACDC I think of like 70s fucking like almost punk like 70s ACDC is damn near a punk band or like a thrash like an early early thrash band like they're closer to Motorhead than they are. I mean, I don't even know what people like compare them. I guess with like Guns N' Roses or something. I don't know. I don't even know. Like it's they're just considered like a hard rock band. <laughs> it's like the most vague fucking genre of music. But yeah, I'm strictly going off Bon Scott, ACDC, and I mean obviously Angus Young is. One of the most like electrifying guitarists. I mean, Denver does anything this is you know outrageously complicated. This whole idea that like if your music's not complicated, then it sucks. Fuck off. Like ACDC made, and well, I don't know how many albums they have. Probably fifteen with playing like the same three chords every single time. And you know what? They're all fucking good. They're all good. Even though I don't really care for the Brian Johnson ACDC, those songs are still great. And so, yeah, like to me, Angus Young deserves some credit for being able to do that. So suck a dick. <laughs> Number 37, another a pretty polarizing band, Kiss. I mean, I know that, you know, they're not the most talented people. They're not I mean, whatever people want to say. I don't. I, that's what a lot of people say. I don't really buy that. I think. Gene Simmons is a great bass player, has a cool-ass voice. Paul Stanley is an amazing singer. Ace Frehley is a super talented guitarist, and Peter Chris is a great drummer. So people can fuck off if they think that they're not talented. Um, people just hate Gene Simmons. That's really all it comes down to. Like, it, It's not even like their music. Kiss's music's fucking great. God of Thunder? God of Thunder is one of the fucking most badass songs ever made. I mean, and... Like, Kiss's whole thing is just cool as shit. They were, like, the first, like, I mean, obviously not the first band to have controversy. I mean, Elvis 
had a fuckload of controversy, but like to have like satanic controversy, <laughs> like that was even like a thing that like parents back in the seventies thought kiss stood for knights in Satan's service. <laughs> it's so fucking stupid. Like, it's, it is not what it's, it doesn't stand for shit. It's just kiss. But yeah, they thought that <laughs> that it stood for knights in Satan's service. And like this whole shit, like it's just a band that did what you're supposed to do. Whenever you get controversy, play into it. Like the whole idea that like Gene Simmons tongue is fake. Like he, for the longest time, never answered that question. Like whether it was fake, people thought it was a cow tongue that he had grafted to his. People thought he had that little fucking, you know, that little piece of skin cut from under his tongue so he could stick it out further. I mean, the truth is just he just has a long tongue, but like he is a genius at knowing how to market himself. So he's like, yeah, I'm not going to answer the questions like I'm going to let people like use their imagination and come up with crazy shit because it'll get me more attention. And they invented the idea of having a badass stage show, like having like pyrotechnics and Gene Simmons fucking holding like a flaming sword and like spitting fire even though he did catch his fucking hair on fire during one of the uh, performances. But still, like, Kiss is fucking incredible, and people can suck a dick. Number 36, Soundgarden. R.I.P. Chris Cornell, another one of the greatest singers of all time. And a band that's unfairly lumped into, like, the Seattle grunge genre. Uh, I mean, they are from Seattle and came out in the 90s and were good friends with a lot of the people in the grunge era, like community. But their music is metal. Like, yeah, it's not, you know, like Slayer, but that isn't like what all metal is. Like Soundgarden is like, especially their first album um, was a bad motor finger. Like that album is a metal album. Slaves and Bulldozers. um, like all those, all of those songs are like legitimate metal songs and damn Chris Cornell's voice is so fucking powerful. And I mean, you know, even going away from like the metal sort of sound, like going into like, you know, um, fell on black days, black hole sun. Um, was it rhinosaurs? One of them, I think like, yeah, I mean, like all of the 4th of July, like all those songs definitely, you know, fit into like the 90s grunge sound, but damn, they just still stand above them because of fucking Chris Cornell's voice. And they're just, you know, super dark songs. All right, number 35. Not so, I mean, obviously, Primus is the weirdest band on the list, but number 35, by far the most unique band on the list uh, System of a Down. So I remember going like, and my my memory may be all kinds of fucked up because I was a little kid, and sometimes I like to um, embellish <laughs> embellish my own memories so that I think my memories are cooler than they really are. But somebody can call me out if this doesn't make sense. But I feel like this is right. So I remember being a little kid, like like eight years old, when Toxicity came out. And, like, if I had good grades, like, that was, like, an agreement is that my mom would, like, if I had straight A's, my mom would take me to Walmart and go get a CD. And Toxicity was, like, 
on my like that was the one like when my progress report comes back and it's all A's I'm gonna go get toxicity uh and I remember us like we were going to go get it <laughs> and that morning everybody got sent home from school and Walmart and everything everything was closed because fucking 9-11 happened <laughs> and I remember that album was like supposed to come out like so so i couldn't have gotten it because that album was supposed to have come out and it didn't i think it came out like a little bit afterwards and i ended up getting it obviously but like and i actually still have it but um yeah it was we were i was going to go get it and looking so fucking forward to it because they were playing chop suey all the time on mtv and i thought the video was super cool how they'd like fall back into each other and I saw like their music was so weird. Like, and obviously now, you know, I know it's like this Armenian background that they're using, like, and, and it's not super weird for that kind of music, but like, you know, if you're an eight year old white kid who has parents that listen to like Def Leppard and fucking George Strait, <laughs> then System of a Down is far beyond anything you've heard. So I just remember being like, fuck, this is awesome this is like the coolest shit ever and being so bummed that i couldn't get it like i was sadder about that than 9 11 <laughs> i was like fuck all that shit that that didn't happen here like why can't i go get my goddamn toxicity cd um i can understand the problematic nature of that now but fuck it not at the time all right number 34 if meth was a band corn <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling you, like, the same way that, like, Pink Floyd is, like, if Acid was a band. If Meth was a band, it is by far Corn. <laughs> I mean, they, they even have a song called Meth and are very outspoken about their previous meth use. But growing up surrounded by meth addicts and meth zombies and shit like that, um, they all look like they could be in Corn. <laughs> oh man that be, i mean it's an so it is hands down the greatest band i've ever seen live for sure like it doesn't even come close really to me i mean it is it's not necessarily the coolest like concert i've been to but as far as just how fucking amazing they sound live corn by far it's better than the album which you know typically it's the other way around like it's still great to see a band live but they don't ever sound as good corn to me sounded better they sounded heavier like every time that they hit a bass like hit the bass i could feel that shit like fucking crushing into my lungs <laughs> like just whoo, and i'd be like god damn like corn is incredible and then just like jonathan davis's little like boom, like his little <laughs> whatever his little scat shit is so fucking cool and if anybody ever tried to copy it they would be destroyed because of that because like system of a down there is no band that sounds like corn now there is like new metal like i to me corn invented new metal but there are you know other new metal bands like limb biscuit and shit like that but they are none of them sound like corn none of them like have tried to copy them like there is no copying that band all right number 33 going to a far end of the, that spectrum uh mr bob seeger and the silver bullet band whoo 
Yeah, everybody's dad's favorite. <laughs> hey, say what you want. I, I've said it a million times, and I'll keep fucking saying it. They need to get rid of the goddamn Star Spangled Banner. That song sucks ass, and replace it with Night Moves by Bob Seger. <laughs> like that should be our national anthem. Bob Seger. I mean, hell, even over Bruce Springsteen, Bob Seger is as American as it gets. Like, the fucking Silver Bullet band, like, his backup, I mean, they're just all fucking great. And Bob Seger, again, uh, just a shitload of good songs. Turn the Page, uh, Fire Down Below, Hollywood Nights, uh, You'll Accompany Me, like, damn, Bob Seger is amazing. And just has such a cool voice. Like, it's that, like, I mean, obviously, he's from Detroit, I think. No, he's from Michigan, but I'm pretty sure he's from Detroit. So he grew up, you know, like being surrounded by like Motown and like that Motown sound. And he has that sound, but like in that raspy, like kind of Southern rock voice, like it's both of those like mimic. He's like Marvin Gaye and like Greg Allman put together. (laughs) Yeah. Fucking Bob Seger. All right. Number 32, U2. Um... Yeah, U2 is a little odd. I mean, I, so you have to, it's another band you have to kind of like separate their music because Bono is a fucking dick. Um, and Edge, like anybody that calls themselves the Edge and you're not a professional wrestler, you're an asshole. <laughs> so, like, I have to push that aside and just be like, all right, how's their music? And U2's music's fucking incredible. Another band that like broke through multiple decades and continuously made good music. And everybody that wants to bitch about, oh, well, you know, I woke up that day and had a fucking U2 album on my phone. Yeah, fucking good for you, you ungrateful bitch. Like, you woke up with a free album on your phone and a U2 album at that, like, I mean, kiss my ass if you want to complain about that shit. And everybody that was bitching about it didn't even listen to it. Because if you would have listened to it, you found out it was pretty goddamn good. So people can say whatever the fuck they want. You two, amazing band. Number 31, The Prince of Darkness, Ozzy Osbourne. Damn. It's going to be a sad day when that dude dies. <laughs> what a way to start that off. But uh, yeah, I mean, it's got to be coming pretty soon. And I'm not looking forward to it. But fuck, man. Ozzy is like... Like, I'm obviously not religious. But if I were to start a church and have that church centered around a person, it would be Ozzy Osbourne. (laughs) Like, the Church of Oz, it really needs to happen. Which I may use that as the basis for my cult. But, I mean, fuck, Ozzy is so goddamn cool. And it's like... Everybody should read... um, I, I think it's called, yeah, I Am Ozzy, his um, autobiography, just for the drug stories. The drug stories are incredible. Like, Ozzy, how he is alive is a fucking medical mystery. So, like, this dude grew up in Birmingham, England, which is a shithole, and, um, you know, worked in, like, a some steel manufacturing plant, which is pretty much all... Everybody that lives in Birmingham, that's what they do. It's like the Pittsburgh of England. <laughs> and, uh... Or really, more, maybe more like the Cleveland of England, because Cleveland sucks ass. But, um... 
yeah, so like this dude works in this in this section of the factory where they just dip, you know, huge pieces of steel into this like vat of chemicals to like, I don't know, to do something to the steel to like coat it. And they have to wear like gas masks 24-7 there because those chemicals are highly toxic. Well, Ozzy starts figuring out that if he just, you know, every time he leans over to pull the shit out, if he just kind of pulls up his gas mask for a little bit and takes a deep breath, he gets high as shit. <laughs> and he does it, you know, like once a day, then twice a day. And eventually they find him slumped over, passed out with his head stuck like over the thing, just breathing in the chemicals. And he's knocked out cold. <laughs> like, God damn and then like and then everything like whenever he toured with molly crew the whole all that shit where he like got in like that contest with nikki six where he kept snorting ants and then nikki six pissed on him and went to lick him up and or went to snort him and then ozzy pushed him away and licked the ants up like while they're in his piss um biting the head off a bat even though that one was like an accident but then bit the head off of a dove which is coolish like fucking crazy shit too I mean, Ozzy just in general, like, is just uh, like a fucking endless amount of badass stories. <laughs> and then the Osbournes, like, was one of my favorite shows. Just watching Ozzy Osbourne eating a burrito every week was, like, the highlight of my childhood. <laughs> coronavirus number 30 judas priest man like god judas priest is such a cool band like that i mean i know dio is god but rob halford is jesus christ (laughs) gay jesus man judas priest music is incredible like I mean, to me, they are the first metal band. Like, I know, you know, people want to say, like, Sabbath and, you know, Deep Purple, Led Zeppelin, Alice Cooper. Like, there's a ton of people that you could put as being the first metal band. But they all had, like, a high level of, like, blues influence. Like, all of those bands. The only, the first band that I think is 100% metal is Judas Priest. Like, there's no influence of anything else it's like it's a hundred percent metal like so i will always consider priest to be the first metal band and then like i mean for rob halford to to come out as being gay is fucking crazy like for i mean it's not crazy in the sense that the metal community is super open for like they don't give a shit i mean it's they're open for anybody it's like the point of it is like if you're on a fringe or you're weird or anything that's like not you know mainstream accepted metal the metal community is right there with you so it does kind of make sense it's really more weird that there aren't more metal musicians that have come out he cannot be the only one and i'm sure that he has probably fucked his fair share of metal musicians in his day <laughs> i mean i there's no way he hasn't so there's gotta be a few that just are staying in the closet but i mean i get it like you if you're a metal musician you want to you know have this like a uh, macho vibe to you but i mean fuck it. i know that rob halford's gay and it does not make me think that he's like less badass like i mean i don't know 
Juice Priest. Number 29, The Pride of Texas, Pantera. Whew, man. Pantera, oh, man, I fucking love this band so much. <laughs> like, Dimebag Daryl was like a hero to me as a kid. Um, I mean, it's just a fucking, it's so sad. Like, you know, you can't really talk about him without talking about, like, his death. But, yeah, on December 8, 2004, he was performing a show with um, his, like, spinoff band, you know, a Damage Plan. And this dude, this fucking crazy ex-Marine, jumped on stage and just started shooting, like, point blank, shot Dimebag, like, six times, I think. And the crowd basically almost beat him to death. But, yeah, fucking killed him. Like, he's, like, really young, too. But, man, that shit. I remember that happening and being like, fuck. Like, because I used to get Guitar World magazines. And, like, Dimebag was on the cover every time. <laughs> like him or like Tom Morello were on the cover every single week or month, however many you, you would get. But like, man, Dimebag was a fucking god. And then, like, I mean, it's not just him, everybody. Like, Vinnie Paul, also rest in peace, his brother, um, just had such a cool drum sound, like, just smacking the shit out of the drums. And Phil and Selmo's voice is incredible. Like, yeah, Pantera will always be like to me one of the greatest metal bands of all time. Like st- almost strictly just because of fucking Dimebag. All right, twenty eight. Old Credence Clearwater Revival. Mister John Fogarty. Man, CCR. Like the Vietnam soundtrack band. <laughs> like you can't watch shit that has to do with Vietnam without hearing at least two CCR songs. Forrest Gump, half the damn songs in that movie are Credence songs. Um, And then since me and the Big Lebowski have very similar tastes in music, I am also a massive Credence fan. Um, But also kind of a fucking gimmick because their songs are all super like Cajun, like Born on the Bayou, Green River, like wow. And they're from fucking Southern California. They're from goddamn SoCal. They're they were born like 15 miles away from where Snoop Dogg was born. <laughs> like, it's a little odd that they just decided to start making Cajun rock music. Like, I don't know where that shit came from, but I mean, hey, it fucking worked. And I didn't know that shit until like 10 years ago or maybe even less. And I was like, what the fuck? I thought John Fogarty was from a God, like was born in a goddamn swamp, like a, like a character in fucking Scooby-Doo. But no, he was born in like Encino or some shit. All right. 27. Rammstein. Basically the number one band for every school shooter. (laughs) Yeah. I'm sure they don't really uh, appreciate being, you know, looked at that way but um it is true like i mean the columbine kids were massive romstein fans like it's their songs you know if you don't speak german then i mean you just know that they're a badass band but like look up their lyrics with you know like the english translation good god (laughs) like their their lyrics are intense but such a fucking good band like and like the greatest live performers 
of all time, like or like the coolest live show that there is. Like I've never gotten to see them live, which is definitely on my bucket list. But fuck that band, it has such a cool show. Like I mean, just YouTube, like Rammstein live. I mean, the shit that they do with pyrotechnics is incredible. And I mean, I can speak a tiny little bit of German enough to like understand their lyrics, but it's also been the like. It doesn't really matter. <laughs> like, it makes no fucking difference if you can speak German or not. Like, you know that that band is amazing. Whenever, just by listening to them. It doesn't matter if you know what the fuck they're saying. Like, I mean, if you do know, then it helps. But, I mean, it is it is amazing that, you know, in America, like, you know, anything that's in another language, like, the majority of people are counted out immediately. Like, fuck that shit. Like, I ain't in English. But Rammstein, like completely overtook that like they i don't know if they still hold the record but i know they did hold the record for selling out madison square garden in 18 minutes (laughs) which is i think bieber might have beat that which is kind of i mean it makes sense i mean if you're gonna be beaten out by anybody that's not a bad one i mean but yeah they fucking held that record for a while if they don't still have it which i think bieber did it in like nine minutes but um yeah, 18 minutes sold out Madison Square Garden. So anybody that wants to act like that band isn't massive can kiss my ass. Ramshan is huge. All right, 26. Last one for this episode. Uh, pretty much just a fucking... Well, I was going to say tribute to my dad, but he's not dead. Um, I don't really... Do you still call it a tribute? I guess. Um, fucking Def Leppard. <laughs> Hey man, Def Leppard's good. I don't care. I don't care what any. It's another shit. Like I don't care what anybody says. Def Leppard is a great band. I mean, to have a one-armed drummer is already pretty incredible. I mean, it's not like they're playing fucking. It's not like it's Rush and <laughs> they're playing like fucking Tom Sawyer with one arm. I mean, the drum beats are very elementary, but um. But Def Leppard's music is incredible. And Joe Elliott has such a fucking cool voice. And, I mean, now, uh, if you listen to him, it's like they did not age well. I'll just say that. I mean, their songs age well, but, like, them is, you know, I mean, his voice did not age well at all. But who gives a shit? Their songs are, I mean, the whole Pyromania album, like, that's that shit is, like, I just grew up listening to Def Leppard because of my dad. Like every time that him and my uncles would get drunk, <laughs> you'd start like you would you could tell like their alcohol level by once you heard uh, Guten Gleeten Glauten Globen. <laughs> once you heard that, you're like, oh, they're drunk. <laughs> Man, fucking Def Leppard. All right, well. That's the end of this episode. One more left. We'll be counting down 25 to numero uno. Well, I guess you just have to be prepared to die. Well, what? Pay attention. Get off your cell phones. Pay attention. Stop counting five like a sucker.